You're listening to The Reality Show, hosted by Dan Rutstein, president of immersive tech company, Laduma. Each episode delves deep into the power and potential of immersive technology in business, entertainment, or sport, now and in the future. Welcome back to The Reality Show. This week I'm delighted to have two guests. Uh, We have the co-founders of The Wild Optimists. We have Juliana and Arielle. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So, um, first thing I have to say is, obviously I called you co-founders because that's easiest, but your business cards say something different. So what do they say? We are the creators of fun. That is our official job title because that is what we do. So tell us what fun you create. So much fun. Uh, So we create, we got our start in tabletop games with a game called Escape Room in a Box, The Werewolf Experiment. And that is exactly what it sounds like. It's an escape room experience in a box that you can do at home. And that really opened the door to so many other things. So we've been creating escape room style experiences where people work together and solve puzzles and have to find clues. And we've done that for theme parks, music festivals, live events, historical tours. We have an app coming out. So kind of anywhere that would be better with puzzles, which we strongly believe is pretty much everywhere, we put puzzles and games in them. <laughs> so I, I see, it's, a, it's an amazing business, and it would be fair to say escape rooms are having a bit of a moment at yes. the moment. <laughs> um, did you start before escape rooms became what they were, or did you ride the wave? What's your, what's your story from the start? You know, I think that we happened into it right at the beginning, but we didn't know that. You know, we, because we started right around the same time as Room Escape Artist did, right around the same time as No Persinium, which is, um, which are two of the big blogs for escape rooms and for immersive theater. So at the time, we just thought, oh, there's escape rooms, we're playing them, we should come out with a tabletop game. But you know, five years later, we realized actually it was kind of the start of it. And all of these people that we met right around that time have also grown. And, you know, we had this sort of like class, I would say. <laughs> Our know? cohort. Yeah. yeah. So I've not been lucky enough to do one of your experiences. So pick your favorite recent sort of live puzzle experience and tell, talk our listeners through what that was and what it would have felt like. Sure. Uh, One of my favorites is something we did this summer, a music festival called the Electric Forest Music Festival. And our our mission statement is finding new ways to play. So we're always saying, like, how can we take these, you know, puzzles and games and kind of bring them out into the world in a new and different way in a place that people haven't really experienced them? So this was a perfect example of that, of doing something in a music festival. So it has a ton of art. Because music, and I, want, I just want to hop in here and say that... What, Interrupting is, yes. is fine. That's what this is all about. Because music festivals are amazing, right? You go, you see these incredible artists, um, and there's it, it's an incredible scene. But between times, there isn't a lot to do. People can get food, or they can hang out, or they can take a nap, actually. Often, probably should take a nap. Um <laughs> But it is also somewhat of a passive experience. You're watching people on stage. And Electric Force Music Festival, I think, was really smart in saying, well, okay, so we have all of this music, which is incredible. 
this is a particular at this particular festival they also have a ton of just incredible art they bring in all of these artists who Where is this? are really outstanding it's in a in the middle of nowhere in michigan rothbury michigan wow. it is a forest that was created by a bunch this is the actual story um there was a, a name uh, a guy by the name of wally and he and a bunch of his friends like looked at wally's land and said there should be a forest here and they planted they like got a bunch of beer and planted a bunch of seeds <laughs> and years and years later it grew into a forest and then he was amazing like, we should have other people here to have fun and the electric forest music fest it, i think it started as the rothbury music festival okay. and now it's the electric forest music festival and so you have this forest full of music and art but again even the art can be a bit passive you're walking by and you're looking at it and I, the people who run electric forest want everyone to feel like a community you know that was i think you know from the beginning that was the vibe of it so they brought us in to do two puzzle quests and an immersive experience so that people could get hero moments so that the all of their audience members who are coming to see the music and see the art can also feel like they are part of the community and part of the experience in a real visceral way yeah. and i think that the audience is looking for that engagement they're looking tell me about, tell me about the puzzles okay, 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 so, yeah. okay. <laughs> we can do the engagement bit after sure. tell me what, what uh, i would have experienced so there's lots of uh these gorgeous laser cut lanterns throughout the forest so we made some as well with these beautiful patterns and they're strung with fairy lights so they just look like gorgeous art but if you looked through, there was one central large one that had different patterns on all the sides. And then on each side of it were two lanterns on either side that had just a single pattern. And what you had to do, if you looked through the large one, they had little keyholes in them. And so if you peek through the keyholes, you can see letters inside mm -hmm. through each of the different patterns. Okay. So then you have to like trace back to what are the patterns of the lanterns on the side and then peek through those on the central lantern, take the letters, and that gets you the answer Got to it. what you're looking for. And how was it, the sign saying, do a puzzle? <laughs> so the way you knew this was, at a different part of the um, forest, there was a large banquet table that was covered in moss. It looked like a fairy banquet table. It had candelabras and... Um, Wooden plates and bowls. Yeah, and, and like yeah. beautifully um, painted wooden fruit. And there were two plates on either side. And there was a clue that led you to push down on the two plates. Or two well, different people had to push down on the two plates. A giant, like, serving area in the middle, so you couldn't see what was under it. So, so you, if you got two people to push down on the two plates, and someone went under the table and poked their head into this serving area that you couldn't see into from the top, pushing down on the two plates actually turned on a light inside. Okay. And that showed you minis of all the puzzles that were around the floor. So oh. one of the miniatures in okay. there was these wooden lanterns, yeah, yeah. which then, so then you knew you like, oh, I have to go find these somewhere in the forest. Yeah. Okay. That's brilliant. So how did they find you? Oh. Um, they found us, it's a pretty small community of puzzle designers. So we have a very dear friend, Tommy Haunton, who is an experienced designer. He has a fabulous escape room here in LA called Stash House. Uh, and so he had worked with them previously. So he was the one who uh, brought us on for oh, last amazing. year. So how does one design a puzzle? <laughs> so you get, you know, we, obviously as a 
creative agency in the digital space. We speak to clients, they tell us what their problem they're trying to solve, we come up with creative solutions in involving whichever technology is most appropriate. How does how do you start the I guess it must be a similar version of this, but how do you it, start the puzzle process? It's actually very similar. It's saying to the client, what is it that you are looking for the player to experience? And then what are the limits of if it's technology, like where are the limits gonna be? Because we don't want people to bump up against them. And what do you want to show them? What do you want them to see and experience and get out of it? And then who is the audience? Because of course like for the music festival, designing for a bunch of really high 20-somethings is very different than, say, designing for our Mattel family games, which is very different from, say, we did a promotional uh, mailer escape room for Sony for their escape room movie that came out. And yes. that was going I want to talk to, to you about that in a second. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was going to press and influencers. And those are people who are in the horror space, like have probably done a number of escape rooms, you know, have... A, probably a little bit more sophistication around solving puzzles. So, so the, the two of you sit in a smoke-filled room and you sort of <laughs> think, well, let's do, the, let's do the clever one with the lanterns this time, or let's do the one where you hold this at a different angle. Like how, it's a cupcake-filled room, just, yes. <laughs> just so you, just let's be clear, cupcake and whiskey. Yep, all, all of that. So um, where's the inspiration come from? Always narrative. We always start with, okay, so where, like, where is this starting what's what's the space that we're in so you know obviously for the escape room movie there was a narrative for the escape room movie so how do we create a bunch of puzzles that are going to live within that world what puzzles might live within that world um the best puzzles are things that you would organically do if you were just doing whatever like walking through a forest or breaking into a casino or whatever it is but they're not they're not things that like you don't normally in your everyday life run into a lot of um, combination locks like oh no I need to you know sit down on a chair oh gosh there's a combination lock blocking my way from sitting on that chair but you know we were just looking for a place to record this podcast right we had to look around and see you know where would there be a good place that's sort of a puzzle to solve Mm. Um, if this were an escape room, there might have been a bunch of combination locks and actually, like, all the doors would have been locked, but somebody had hidden a note under a chair to, like, get into, figure out what one of those locks are. But that's not very organic. You know, there's organic ways into a narrative. So the best puzzles are the organic ones. And then if they're not, you can't always do that um, because we don't actually run into so many puzzles in everyday life. Uh, so the next thing we look at is, okay, well, what's our theme? Like, like what would be cool and within the theme and people aren't going to feel like, oh, gosh, like, why is this weird thing here? Like, mm. you know, I'm in the escape room movie. Why am I solving, you know, a puzzle that has, like, a lollipop and, like, pink sparkles on it? That wouldn't really <laughs> fit within the narrative. No. And so before I ask you about the escape room movie press kit thing that you did, I cut you off because I was desperate to hear about what your forest looked like, but you were about to sort of tell me the sort of vision, the ethos behind the puzzles that you designed. So let's go back to that because obviously sure. it's important. So <laughs> what's your thinking behind this? What are you trying to achieve as a company for your clients? Yeah, I think that puzzles are such an incredible way for people to learn, right? Rather than lecturing at someone and saying, here's you know, either all of the things that our new technology can do or here's the history of we're designing a, a tour for the Santa Monica Pier, so 
rather than just saying like let me tell you all the history and it's just like words coming at you if you can put the tools in people's hands and you make it up to them to figure it out themselves they're just going to hold on to it and they're going to retain it so much more they're going to become ambassadors of sharing that information because if they've actually accomplished it and they feel like it's something that they earned they're going to want to brag about it and they're going to want to go out and tell all of their friends about this cool experience that they had and they'll it'll it'll just sinks in so much more than just words well and then their friends are going to want to do that experience and it's interesting something that we found is that everyone's worried like oh no people will post the answers to this and we were worried about that with our first game turns out people if they've solved a puzzle if they've done the experience they're not going to tell you you need to solve it yourself i remember years ago in london there was this thing called secret cinema oh yeah and it was amazing you get these cryptic notes that say meet at a certain place wearing a certain outfit and then you do this whole experience and it's amazing but you don't know what the film is until you start and i remember thinking because it I remember thinking, well, this is fine, but I'll just Google it and find out what the film is because I, you know, I can't be bothered to wait for the suspense. Of course, it's completely <laughs> the wrong way of doing this stuff, and no one would say. And there's lots yeah. of people like on Twitter saying, "I bet you want to know." I'm not going to tell you because uh, you know it's interesting how in a world where people spoil everything uh, in movies and so on, they yeah. won't spoil puzzles for each other, which is, I and guess, I a phenomenon. And I think it's because it's in their hands. Like yeah. you'll spoil a movie because you did nothing on that movie, so you'll yeah. just come out and be like, "Oh yeah." This is what happens because you feel no ownership of it and no pride in it but if they've solved a puzzle it's so much more theirs and it's so much more something that they want you to actually experience yeah did you both do lots of escape rooms <laughs> yes are you good at them yes we are better at them now yeah it's, a, it's is it it's when you get there you be like oh yeah this is the thing where they totally. do the thing and then you know exactly yes. how to do you're it you're like oh this thing is gonna go to this at some point we're gonna get something that is like this and we'll put it over here so you it's the more you do it the more you know what you're doing so does that make you really boring to do escape rooms with yes so <laughs> Juliet, when we first started playing escape rooms of course we would play like we would ask all our friends hey like who wants to come play an escape room with us? This this room can have a maximum of eight people. Let's get eight people in. Now we're now we like call up and we're like, so we know you say this room can have eight people, but can two people solve it? Is, <laughs> is that possible? Do we need more than two yeah. bodies, or do you just need two? Because also we want to. Is that because your friends just aren't interested in doing them with you anymore? <laughs> it's a little bit of both. So our friends don't really want to do them with us anymore. That truthfully, um, there's yeah. nothing. More, I've got a friend who works in the movie business, and I'll go and watch a movie with him. I'll come out and I say, "Did you like the movie?" And rather than just saying yes or no, he starts explaining why the character arc at the end of Act One didn't quite make sense. Yeah. I'm like, I don't care. Did you like it or not? You know, it's, it's, he's too professional yeah. to enjoy watching these things. So it must be, you must friend, be horrible to I've had a friend be like, well, I'm glad that my ticket could help subsidize the cost of you solving that room. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where we got to? Oh, yeah, so now the Sony movie, The Escape Room, you did a thing for that. Tell me what that was. Yeah, I, actually, I'm going to go, because this whole conversation came out of you asking what our ethos was on puzzles. I did. And you have a very good explanation, but I think one really important thing to say is the biggest ethos is fun. Oh, yes. Always. (laughs) The goal is always fun. We teach puzzle design workshops as well, and we have entire slides that are just like, the goal is fun. You always want to make sure that your audience is having fun. 
Now yes. tell me about the Escape Room movie and associated thing that you did. Sure. Um, so the Escape Room movie came out from Sony. It did really well for them. And so for the digital release, they wanted to have kind of a big bang. So they hired us. Um, you, you watched the movie, presumably. Of course. Yes. And, yes. And, it was Did it really meet your fun. high puzzle standards? Here's the thing. I am not a, like, horror scary person. Oh, she's just underestimated. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know how to overstate how, like, not horror or scary okay. I am. So now the immersive theater is really big, right? We have to go see all the immersive theater things, which includes at Halloween going through all the haunted mazes. So much of the, like, cool, cutting-edge immersive stuff is in the horror space. Yeah. So what absolutely. she'll do is she'll bring me and, you know, like our other friend Jason, who's quite No, big. no, no. Jason is the worst person to bring because Jason oh, literally good. runs through that's being good. like, the second girl in with the curly brown hair, that's the one to scare. So better is Arielle and her husband, Mike, who is, Mike is also a giant man. And I literally like clutch Arielle in front of me, Mike behind me, and go so through get like that so okay. that there is literally like man-to-man coverage on every front. <laughs> but if you are like Juliana, just pro tip, you actually don't want to be in the middle because the last time we did this, I was in front and didn't get any of the scares. And she got most of them because I managed to get myself just a little bit ahead. She was going so fast. <laughs> anyway, focus, sorry, focus. Anyway, sorry. So, um, so, sorry, so I, I distract you. So the movie the was good. Room movie. Yeah. The movie was totally fun. Um, it's just, yeah, that's well worth seeing because it's not like Saw. Like, if you're like, I don't want torture porn, it's not that. It's much more psychological okay. um, and puzzly. And, so, and fun. Like, there were just a lot of escape room tropes in it. And yeah, a lot of like fun playing with the escaping groups. So what we created for them was this box that was sent out to press and influencers. And the conceit of it was that the Minos Corporation, which is the corporation that puts on the escape room in the movie, they have sent you this box as an invitation. Just like in the movie, you get sent a box to see like, are you, you know, able to come? So you're sent this box. And it is filled with references and puzzles that all uh, tip the hat to the movie. We didn't want to do anything that was like a direct, you know, like there's a slide puzzle in the movie. Mm. We didn't want to do like a slide puzzle, but there's definitely, it's all inspired by and in the world of the escape room movie. And then as you unlock things, because most of the time when influencers get these boxes, they get stuff, right? Like Mm. it's, you know, a wine box or whatever. So as you unlock the various things, you get everything you need for a fun movie night at home. So there was popcorn in one of the boxes and candy and you got two wine glasses. Did it work? Because obviously this feels like the sort of thing influencers would have fun filming the whole thing or just sort of going through the milestones and sharing it with their people. Did it did it work? Yeah, it was really fun because so they get to share it with everyone. Also, they sign their life away before they get it, which meant unlike our, say, Mattel games, we could put fire in it, which Mm. we did. Uh, Destruction. They were like tearing things up. Yeah. And things that exploded. Oh, wow. Wow. (laughs) It was very, very fun to get to create something so like small and niche. Something that specifically said do not drink that a bunch of them did try to drink. Yeah. It was still drinkable because we know that people don't read things. No, no, I can, I can see I would immediately drink something. Of yeah, no, I mean, they did read that. If we watched yeah. the video, they're like, oh, this says don't drink. I wonder what it tastes like. It smells delicious, though. <laughs> 
So one of the things we talk about a lot on this podcast is about it's about immersion, it's about storytelling. Obviously, normally we have more technological guests in a you know people who run companies or use this technology in a different way. Where do you stand on the, the technology side of things? Because obviously your puzzles are are clever and it's about telling a story or uncovering something. But how do you feel about the use of technology within all of that? We are all for technology if it serves the story and makes it more fun. Yeah. I think a lot of times, especially with new kind of cutting edge technology, you, you tend to see it sometimes just like thrown in as like, look at this cool cutting edge technology. And I think that really kind of takes you out of the story and takes you out of the experience. But any time that it can be fully integrated and make you really feel like you're a part of it and it's working in this new way, we think that's fantastic. We're creating an app right now for the Santa Monica Pier for that tour, and it does make it a more uh, memorable, more shareable experience. So I think as long as it fits organically, yeah, it's a perfect fit. Are there things you've seen, given your obviously experts at both going to escape rooms, but presumably knowing what's going on in the world, are there things that you've seen in the escape room genre using VR or AR that have impressed you or disappointed you? Ubisoft's uh, escape room game that was in the Assassin's Creed universe, it was a VR experience, and we were very impressed by that because we have done a fair amount of VR escape rooms where you're still in an office and you open a drawer and there's a locked box inside. And so anytime it's like, we could have done that in a room, eh. But then for this Assassin's Creed, you know, the just it's so sprawling and so see that's a really interesting point because we have this debate sometimes because people think well let's do this really cool vr experience but if you just vr something that's there anyway yes then sort of what's the point yes exactly that's how i feel you know what i've always wanted to see just putting it out there is i want a vr escape room in the tardis because I think, oh, interesting, yeah. you know, because you could do so many cool, crazy things, like with everything, with stuff flying about and just things that you couldn't, you know, there are Doctor Who escape rooms, but there's just no way yeah. that they can do what you want from that. Like, it, if the, I think there are so many things that you can do in analog and the best way to get into them is analog. But then there's some really magical things that analog can't do, yeah. and I I want to see VR and AR uh, get me into those worlds. And it opens up the door to so many puzzles because if you're in a real room, you have to be careful that people don't hurt themselves, or like if they you know pour out the water and they needed that water, then they're screwed. But if you can make it happen in VR, where you have you know waterfalls and fire and all of these things that you could never do, it opens up the door to so many more puzzles. Yeah. Because one thing we've always wondered about is whether we could do, within our VR dome, whether you could do something. Because it's a physical space, but multiple people can share it at once. Yeah. So you could, you know, the room can change if you solve certain puzzles. But it's tricky because you've got to get that balance between... Because, you know, we've done... A, I've done escape rooms a couple of times, and they're very visceral. You know, you're, you're in, we're in the Pirate's Cave one. I'm sure you've done 50 versions of it. <laughs> and it's sort of, you know, you pull a string, and then you do this, and you do that, and you go through, and then you go through to a room, and it's a bit small, and it's a bit claustrophobic, and you solve a puzzle, and you get out into a bigger room. And there's something... The shared experience of doing all of that, I'm not sure what you lose by adding the technology. I think that it, it's really about starting with the technology okay we have this dome this is what we can do in the dome um what puzzles would be organic what would feel natural to this so i know 
like one of the, a really great experience I had it in one of the your, like domes I assume like yours at E3 a few years ago everyone was sort of lying back and looking at all of this amazing stuff happening well there are things that you could maybe you could have people start like that and maybe there are things that they see that then lead to um, lead to something that is in the room that they can interact with viscerally yeah. or I don't know, and you know, you t- you'll have to tell me more about the technology. But I've just been seeing some amazing stuff with projection mapping and the Connect. Um, and I know I'm missing uh, some other ways that you can do this, but ways that people can move around uh, technology and digital things with their hands. It's just oh, so awesome. Sort of gesture control stuff against mm-hmm. walls. So yeah. Yeah, and I think too, if you were designing the experience, knowing like, okay, what we have is this dome, and so we can create these incredible magical moments. So if they go to a physical thing that's in the room and they're all kind of dealing with that, and then once they get that open, it like, they open it and something goes up. And so then they all look up and then as they're all looking up at the dome, if it then transforms in the image of what you're seeing, where you feel like as much as possible, the real and the digital are kind of bleeding together would create an amazing experience. What would be your perfect client in terms of you know would it be a huge canvas well i'm going to give you what what would be your perfect client someone new um like and not someone new but in a new field yeah so it's what juliana said earlier we're always looking for new ways to play what's we we're still working in tabletop we love tabletop we're you know we are still doing events We're, we're still doing the things we're already doing but i think what really gets us excited is when someone says, I have this cool new technology, or I have this cool new company, or gosh, I mean, I've never seen puzzles in a theme park at this scale before, or whatever it is, if it is new and it's somewhere that puzzles and games haven't been incorporated yet in this experience economy, it's just so fun for us to say, okay, how do we make people heroes in this place that they've never gotten to have that kind of agency before mm. and what's what's next for you the creators of fun mm-hmm. at wild optimists what what does this look like do you want to be running a hundred person company in three years time or do you want to be the two of you slaving away doing amazing puzzles together what's what's the plan <laughs> a larger company where you know all of the of course there's always going to be tedious tasks so uh, where we can you know shove all of those off we have an assistant but larger where people can kind of take on some of the things that we've already done and we can be doing more of what's on the forefront uh, is amazing. I think what's next for us, we have, you know, this app is going to be launching with the Santa Monica Pier Tour and we would love to then take that out to other historical sites and other tourist So what will that look like? What will the Santa Monica Pier Tour look like? I have children, we go to Santa Monica. Amazing. We don't like the pier. Okay, why not? I don't know. I don't know, we don't like the pier. We've never been on the pier, but maybe this could be the thing that gets us on the pier yes, for the first time. Yes, we would love so, to have you so your tell, children come so with us. So what, what will it be like? Sure, so this is replacing their historical tour, which used to just be a docent-led volunteer tour. Yeah. And what we are doing is we're taking uh, the history of the pier, and as you go through, you know, we're changing artwork on the pier, we're putting things up on the pier, so as you go through you're going to be going all the way down the pier and solving puzzles along the way 
interacting with both the art that is on the pier and what is happening on the phone. And as you solve every single puzzle, you are getting a, a special prize filter or mask in AR where you can take a photo to remember yeah. your journey along the way of okay. all the history that you've learned of the Santa Monica Pier. So one question we always struggle with a bit on when we do AR work is, will people download the app? Because that's normally the biggest barrier sure. to some of these experiences. I mean, we certainly hope so. Our yeah. feeling is, you know, if you do a walking tour, like a walking historical tour, that's like $60 per person. And if you have children and you're a family, like yeah, that gets know. real it's One of the reasons we don't do them. <laughs> real fast. So the hope is that, you know, this will be out there as an alternative and saying, hey, you just download this one app. It has, you know, this fee, which is way less than $60 and your entire family can do this all together and have an hour, an hour and a half of entertainment. So it's hopefully gonna be good for tourists and for locals, for people who are obsessed with puzzles and then people who have never done a puzzle before. It'll have a very low barrier to entry, you know, where they can be kind of clued through it if they need to be. So uh, I, I hope you're not, I'm not trying to be mean to this project, but I've got another sort of question, sort of slightly negative one, which is obviously a lot of what you're doing is about people interacting with each other and things having a lot of people walking up and down the pier looking at their phones is that a bad thing i think that the way that we're creating this they are looking at their phones and then they are looking up and looking around them and so much of it like there's even specific puzzles that are like what's different between the pier now and the pier as it was okay. so you're gonna in fact be looking at the pier in a much more detailed way than hopefully you've ever looked at it. So you're going to notice things and you're going to see things out on the physical pier that you've never seen before. And you'll look down at your phone in between, but let's be honest, everyone's looking at their phone in between <laughs> anyways. Uh, so at least this way, it really brings them into the physical space in a different way than they've engaged before. Yeah, that's a very good answer. Um, <laughs> uh, final question we always ask uh, our guests is what new technology that's coming is going to change how you do your work? I think the thing we're most excited for is to have more interactivity in VR. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we just we just keep waiting for the ability to do more. I think, we, you know, we've talked to some VR companies and it's like, you know, here's some cool ideas of what we could do and they're like, oh, yeah, that's going to happen. But in like six months, we're totally going to be able to do that in six yeah, months. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's just pushing the VR and AR capabilities just a little further from where they are, not too much further, but to allow for more puzzle solving capabilities. Yeah. More hands-on interaction with digital worlds. Okay. Very good. Creators of fun. <laughs> thank you for coming on my podcast. Thanks, Thanks so much for having, having us. This was fun. Thank you for listening to The Reality Show. If you enjoyed listening, please be sure to subscribe and leave a review. You can also find us on social media at Reality Show Pod. Thank you.